Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Delicious Magazine's Extra Portion, with much more from the July podcast, sponsored by Sackler, the pesto people. Last week, you heard food writer Simon Parks give us a hint of the story behind Basil. And this week, he's back with much more of the history of this king of Italian herbs. In her book Italian Food, Elizabeth David said that immortal quote, If I had to choose just one plant from the whole herb garden, I should be content with basil. She wrote the book in the 1950s, early 1950s, and it would have been at a time where basil in this country, in Britain, was very difficult to obtain. She travelled the length and breadth of Italy and had probably seen it, you know, in small holdings, on window ledges, Mm. in kitchen windows, Mm. uh, in the sunshine, in pots, um, on little terraces, you know, dotted all over the country... And the interesting thing about Italian basil is that the rule of thumb is that when you start in the north, the leaves are quite small. And as you travel south, the leaves get bigger. So the the basil that is used in Liguria is, is tiny and the leaves are quite sweet. As you head further south and you get to Lazio and then you get to Campania, you know, Rome and Naples... Mm. Um, the leaves are much bigger. And then there's a thing called lettuce leaf basil, you know, and they are big leaves. And apparently there's a wonderful dish that you put mozzarella wrapped up in basil leaves. Absolutely delicious. Delicious. And how would you use those tinier leaves? I mean, do you use them differently for different dishes? Uh, You use them very differently. I mean, the tiny leaf... The small leaf basil is used for pesto, so it's pounded, you know, pesto pestare, to pound in your pestle and mortar. It's it's also perfect for tearing. And, you know, when you go to Italy, you see loads of stuff. You're, you're served dishes, you have a plate of pasta, you have a little salad, you know, the salad tricolore with tomato, basil, mozzarella. It's got torn leaves all over it. So, you know, these leaves are perfect for just tearing and sprinkling on something. What do we absolutely have to know about basil? Basil did not originate in Europe. It actually originated in India and Southeast Asia. Whereas in Italy, people will go along and rip a few leaves up and sprinkle them on something that they're having for lunch. In India, they pick a few leaves and they will use them for prayers, you know, early in the morning. They also uh, pound the leaves 
again like you make pesto but in a completely different way and mix it with honey and it's used as a tincture to give to children if they've got sore throat or they've got itchy skin or they've got a little fever or the cough or something like that it's meant to soothe them it's a very it has a very calming influence now whilst in asia basil is used in other countries particularly burma vietnam thailand indonesia and the philippines in food it's very much part of the cooking you think of things like nasi goreng you think of thai curries they all use their version of uh, holy basil or sweet basil as far as italy and europe is concerned um the actual route that basil took to get from asia and particularly india um isn't known precisely but it made its way in you know the era of the egyptians and the greeks as far as the near east because there were traces of basil leaves found in the tombs in the mummies tombs in egypt and it was known to be used as part of the mummification process so when the the rulers and the aristocrats and the pharaohs died they were embalmed in basil leaves it also cropped up um a lot in greek mythology and we can presume that the plant or cuttings or seeds made their way along the very early spice routes from asia to europe and probably got to europe via the ports of genoa and venice genoa in particular where christopher columbus sailed from was very important um and it had very strong trade routes it's the origins of modern day banking um it it had huge wealth um as as a city hundreds of years ago so that's probably how it ended up in italy within italy because of the power and importance of genoa when basil arrived um it actually was grown a lot around in the surrounding area what is now the province of liguria and it's absolutely fascinating in the way that it thrived um in liguria um it doesn't have great orchards or olive groves like elsewhere in italy it has kind of tiered bit strips of land coming down a hillside that often then just tumbles into the mm. sea and it's seen as very much a sort of a poor agriculture you know goats rabbits uh, a few herbs but it's actually very sheltered because of the mountains at the back you know the winds are kept at bay and it's perfect for the cultivation of basil hence the fact that this is the home of pesto you know the sauce that we all know that uses basil as, it, as its principal ingredient we've imported a lot of different cultures yeah. throughout the british history of food you know for hundreds and hundreds of years mm. and you know we brought in dates and almonds and oranges and all sorts of things from mm. the southern mediterranean did we bring in basil back in the 1500s when people were playing with mediterranean ingredients in britain the history of basil is remarkably checkered it first made uh, an impression here in the 16th century but it was used largely for medicinal purposes again like in india it was a tincture for people that had a sore throat or um a cough or a cold it wasn't seen in a particularly culinary sense and i think for us that is much more recent now we might like to 
look on somebody like Elizabeth David, you know, she had been travelling around the Mediterranean before, during and after the war. She comes back to Britain, she holds herself up to write up all her experiences in a horrible hotel in Ross-on-Wye. In the idea of a pot of basil or lemon or olive oil or an anchovy or, you know, something that had a wonderful aroma or perfume to it was just so not within the ability of the kitchen in ross on yeah. that she fantasised about it and she wrote about it. And created and, fantasies for the reader. And did, but also the fantasies became real because people, you know, there were small Italian communities, as we know, in Soho, in parts of Scotland, in, in South Wales, you know, migrants that had left Italy um, when there was terrible poverty at the turn of the 20th century and had taken root and had, mm. had set up shop and had, you know, opened small restaurants and, you know, ice cream parlours yeah. in, you know, outside of Edinburgh and all those sorts of things. And so, you know, they wanted basil and they must have brought it over. There must have been limited supplies. And then along comes Elizabeth David and, you know, you know all of the um, smart middle class women of the day buy these books and suddenly think, oh, yes, we must garnish whatever we do with basil. So, you know, it took on a whole new lease of life and people wanted pasta, they wanted salads, they wanted to buy good olive oil. You know, the old cliche that all we ever used it beforehand was cleaning out our lug holes and we bought a tiny little bottle in Timothy White's. What was really interesting about importing it, when the immigrants, the Italian immigrants, brought it with them, it was often so that their new home could smell of their old home. And that's what I really love about these peasant foods and we know that happened in it in australia in particular and the birth of italian food in australia well, it's the was food a... of the diaspora yeah. you know when you have to leave where you've lived for generations and you get uprooted and you get shunted somewhere else by whatever means you know is it war is it pestilence is it poverty back home is it genocide um is it simply that you want a better life for your children than the one that you've had to endure you often can't take very much with you because by nature you're on the run. And so what have you got apart from your physical possessions on you, your belongings, your clothes, your your bits and pieces that you can take in, in a bag, is you've got your memories and you've got your traditions and you've got your foods and you've got the little moments when you close your eyes and you, you know, cast your mind back to when you were very young and you remember wonderful meals cooked by, you know, your mum or your grandma or your auntie or whoever it was that did the cooking and you want to evoke and recreate that and that's that's the thread running through so many um, different communities and it's certainly true of the Italian community when it came here and then obviously when it eventually crossed the Atlantic and went on to uh, New York and the east coast of America. Um, I think that if you've got bread or if you've got pasta you only need a few few ripe tomatoes and maybe a little bit of garlic and a few basil leaves, mm. and you can create something inordinately wonderful. And the basil is the final layer of smell and taste, ultimately, that affects the olfactory senses. You know, it's not a, it's not a kind of a, a, a dull herb that you've got to pound forever to get some sort of aroma. It gives it to you it's pretty needed, easily, it? and it's it's big. It's it's, it, it's generous. It's overwhelming. It's heady. Yeah, it's a wonderful plant. Thank you very much indeed. 
Thanks for listening to Extra Portion, sponsored by Sackler, the pesto people. Next week, more from Italian chef Giorgio Locatelli on immigrant food and what he thinks of Brexit and the British food scene. Go to delicious.co.uk slash podcast and click on any of the episodes to subscribe. See you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.